Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sisters Doing Life Together podcast, and I am your host, Dee Thompson. So today is the final episode in the series called Celebrating Young History Makers. And over the course of four conversations, I was able to talk to four young women about their life, their struggles, their aspirations, their faith, their friends, the very things that we talk about as older women as well. And they were so honest and vulnerable and courageous and just be telling their struggles, but also their victories, their aspirations, what their hopes are. And so I am so delighted to bring this series to you. Um, the first guest was Kiana and Kiana is a 23 year old in her first year of optometry school. And then my second um, guest was, let's see, Anastasia. Anastasia is a 17 year old published author. And she wrote a book that's called um, um, How to Survive Middle School. We need a book on how to survive life, right? So maybe I'll write that one. And then, well, we already have that one. It's called the Bible. And then we have the third guest was Alyssa, who is a 20-year-old public health education major. And then we have my guest today, 14-year-old Morgan. And I am going to be having a conversation with Morgan. And she is... How do I describe Morgan? Delightful. She is a self-proclaimed extrovert. She is a, um, let's see, she is a future entrepreneur. She is a cheerleader. She is a scholar. And she is also pretty sure, very sure of who she is. And I just think that if you listen to the conversation, you're going to gain something from it. I did. So this is what I'm saying. You may want to get a pencil and paper because you may want to write down some of the things that she's going to say, because you're going to think that wisdom came from that 14 year old. I was thinking the same thing, but not only her. So for every woman, young woman that I had a conversation with, it was just so enlightening to hear what they had to say and their perspective. It caused me to think. And I believe that if we were to have more conversations with young people, instead of giving them directives and disguising it as conversation, then we will be better able to see what their struggles are, what they're going through. They can share their hearts. You know why? Because we would care enough to listen. But isn't that what we all want? We want someone to care enough to listen. Not always solve the problem because sometimes you just can't. I'm going to ask you to do this. One last thing, at least for the next 10 seconds. Just kidding. I'm going to ask you to send the link to someone you know, some young woman you know, or even a parent and say, hey, listen at this podcast or listen at these podcast episodes and then have discussions. Talk about what you got from it and let them do the same. And I believe you will be surprised about the conversations that can come out of it, but also the connection that you can build. So I ask that you sit back, listen well, be prepared to hear what Morgan has to say, but please go back and listen at the other podcast episodes as well. And the first episode in the month of April, I am going to do a quick study of like taking out the different nuggets that I received from each of those young ladies and talking about it so that if you don't have time before that date to listen at all of them, that you'll have an opportunity to hear me just to kind of go over everything and tell you, this is what I got from Kiana, or this is what I got from Anastasia. This is what I got from Melissa, or this is what I got from Morgan. So here we go. So hi, Morgan, and welcome to the podcast. And I am so, I always say this, I'm so excited, but I really am. And the reason for that, two reasons is that I get to talk to a young woman like yourself as we're talking about young women who are making history 
even in the youth. And you're the youngest person uh, that I've actually talked with in this series. And so I'm loving, I'm loving the idea that I'll get to talk with you about your perspective, about things that maybe only grownups think about and not consider that young people have the same um, situations and same problems even in their youth, and then because you're a daughter of my friend as well. And so what has been really good about doing this series is that every one of the young women who I've talked to so far, including yourself, they're the daughters or they're related to women who are part of Sisters Doing Life Together. So it is so interesting to be able to talk to the next generation. Um, when we say that you are a future, that really is true. And so we get to hear what our future looks like when I begin talking to you. So welcome. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And so, Morgan, I've already, in the introduction, gave the audience a little bit of information about yourself, that you're an eighth grader, you're 14, and that you're in school. And I know that you're a scholar because of the things that you're involved in, but I know that you have some other activities as well that you're involved in in school, some extracurricular activities. But I wanted to start with family because I think that's so important. So tell me a little bit about your family. Okay, well, I, I've got a kind of an extended family, I would say. Um, I've got my my biological mom and my stepdad who live here with me in Colombia. Um, at that house, I have my two younger siblings um, who are eight and seven. Yes, eight and seven. Okay, okay I got it right. Um, and then I have me, I'm the oldest living in the house. And then my sister, um, she lives in Las Vegas. Uh, and then at my biological dad's house, I have my biological dad um, and my stepmom and then my dog. Um, I, yes, he's family. I love my dog. Yeah, dogs um, are family as well. Yes, and then it's just me over there. Um, so I would say I've got a pretty close connection with all my family, yeah. Oh, that's really good. So in the home where you are with your mom and your stepdad, you're the eldest of the children in the home. What is that like being the eldest? Uh, um... Like most older siblings, they drive me crazy, uh, but I love them to pieces. Uh, it's kind of hard because we are, we have such a big age gap. Mm-hmm. So we don't really get the chance, like right now, to be like best friends. It's more like a power struggle even, because my sister's like, I know everything. And I'm like, no, you don't, you're eight. So we we fight sometimes, but yeah, we, we have our moments. Very infrequently, but we still have a lot of great times together. And I think that's what siblings that are either even close in age, like close in age or those that are not close in age, is like my dynamic of growing up. And then um, as you get older, they become like, I am so glad that this person is my sibling, my brother, or my sister. And so I think that's just a normal part of life. And one of the things that I had said earlier is that you are um, you're a scholar and that um, you're involved in some extracurricular activities. And I know one of them is cheer. And tell me about that and, and, and what did that look like and how long have you been doing that? Okay, so I, it's kind of hard to remember. I've been doing cheer for as long as I remember. Uh, I think my mom said I started when I was four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I'm 14, so that's a decade worth of cheer, by the way. <laughs> um, um, so currently I'm on two teams. So I practice more than 20, uh, 21 hours a week at least. So it is a high, highly uh, functioning sport. We practice pretty much two hours a day. We've got a competition this weekend, so there's that. So the competition that you have this weekend, what is that for? Um, we're competing. Basically, we've changed a lot of stuff in our routine. 
technically everything you do in cheer, you're competing for first. Um, but because our team is so great, we qualified for the big end of the year competition called Summit. Okay. And so right now we're competing to see what our scores are against our competition, which are going to be there at Summit. And we're competing to see, basically it's like our path to be like, all right, who's, who do we got to watch out for? And, you know, it really okay. should be other people watching out for us, which I think is going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this competition. I We changed a lot of stuff. The routine is fast. Is it fast and intense as well? Yes. Oh, Very intense. Intensity. Never stop moving on the map. And 20, like 21 hours a week, that can be like a lot of hours. How do you, as a young person, you know, you think about an adult having to juggle like hours at work and then doing extra things outside of work, but you're talking about going to school and then an additional 21 hours a week. How do you juggle that and how does it impact you? You know, I would say given I've had 10 years of experience, mm-hmm. uh, it took it, it took a lot longer because in my earlier years, it was like my parents did all the managing for me. Um, but as they're starting to pull back on the reins and kind of let me get my own feel for it, I found myself really uh, prioritizing cheer over school. And that's when they're like, oh, no, nope. Uh, <laughs> so we decided, like, let's make a plan. So something that works really well with me and I know a lot of other people are plans, 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 plans. Because without a plan, I end up just doing what I feel and I get distracted kind of easily. Okay. Um, so I would say making a plan works for me. And also get, okay, with schoolwork, because of my magnet program, I am pretty much swamped with work all the time. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I do the assignments as they come in instead of like putting them off for later. Because as soon as I get home, usually I only have enough time to like make something to eat, put on my cheer clothes, and we have to go right back out the door. So I don't have time for any homework when I get home. I do my homework and my chores after. Um, or if I have time, I'll try to do my chores before. But I'm really making sure to prioritize those those breaks we get at school, like our recess, our study hall, any time that I can really get in, get in some mm-hmm. schoolwork ahead and some schoolwork um, really puts me ahead of my eight ball. So what is this magnet program that you, you were just talking about that you're part of as well? Um, okay, so I'm in a magnet program called Inc. That is a business magnet program, um, which teaches us the basis of entrepreneurship and Similar, it also, <laughs> it also, man, it does so many things. We learn about financial res- uh, literacy, financial responsibility. Currently, we're studying MPOs, which are nonprofit organizations. Um, in our last, in uh, last time I mentioned Inc., actually, we were studying stock. And with that research, it's taken me uh, miles, actually. I actually still have my stocks open now. Um, they're performing really well. But they, it really does help you out in the long run. It teaches you so many amazing life skills that I'm just so lucky to be a part of. That's great. So even at this age, like you're 14 and you already have stock. And so you are you looking at your profile and kind of determining like what you want to invest in? Or do you are you doing this on your own based on the fact that you've been able to take these classes? Um, I'm working hand in hand with my mom because she's she's good at this kind of stuff. And she, she has more, I would say, wisdom and future on site. Mm-hmm. When I first got in the stock, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just buy Apple. But like Apple's like a thousand dollars. 
I mean, it's it's it's, it's a steady stock, but it was really it's it would be really hard to buy into and to make it worthwhile just because of its um, notoriety. So right, and how much you would have to pay for it per share? Gotcha. Per share. Um, but it uh, a rule of thumb is research. You always need to research your stock. That's good information. Thank you for that advice. You know, yeah. and that's the, that's not just advice for like you're talking to us, like us us that are a little bit older. I'm just going to say a little bit older that we can take the wisdom from you as well. One of the things that I've said since I started this series is that I wanted young people to tell us, you know, the things that you've learned so far, because I don't believe that you're you're never too old to learn and you're never too young to teach. And so we're using this series as both hand in hand. We're learning from you and then you're teaching us. And so I'm hopeful that it will inspire even those of us who are looking like, what can we do as far as investing? Like, yeah, let's take a look at some stock for those who may not have it already. And so that is really good that you're already doing this entrepreneurial class. Are you looking to eventually have your own business and be an entrepreneur or you're just taking this as a part of the course and like this is just a part of the curriculum? So I would say a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I can't really avoid the curriculum, but I do get to choose what I do with the knowledge it was given to me. So with what they've told me, I did want to start my own cheer gym, actually. Oh, wow. So I was going to start my own cheer gym. So I would, yeah, be an entrepreneur. I would say yes. I think that the fact that you've been involved in it for 10 years. So you're like, a lot of times you can go into a business and you haven't had like from the ground up. And so you don't know all of the details. But just because you've been a cheerleader for 10 years, that's a long time to commit to anything that once you do that, you will have had the experience that others may not have had. And so that's really good. Now, I wanted to talk about 10 years of being committed to cheer. What has made you so committed to doing this? The community, um, even at the the gym I work at, you know, we're not well known like Cat Daddies or TLC or or TGFC, sorry, um, but Cheer Extreme. But the small community that we have, everyone knows everyone. We're very welcoming. We're very kind to each other. It's just the community that it builds. It doesn't, I don't want to leave it, you know. And I honestly, when I was able to qualify, I wanted that one to be my first job just because I have such a tie to the people there and they're, they're good people. Community, that is, that is so important to me. That's one of the reasons that I actually started the podcast is because community has been so important to me as a woman and how it has been so beneficial, impactful. I've learned a lot. Um, and it is something so to me, so beautiful about sisterhood. So tell me how do you, young people like find their community i know that you're talking about cheer but do you find it as a a young woman who is in middle school that it can be sometimes difficult finding community uh i would say depends on the person i'm very extroverted okay um of course since due to quarantine i've shrank just a little bit but um uh, i'm very extroverted like i have a couple friends that actually uh, we met in the sixth grade and we were sitting by each other in the science room and we did not say a word to each other. And I was like, this person is going to be really cool. I should talk to them. And and then we started talking and we're actually best friends. And she's told me before, she was like, I probably would have never talked to you had you not said anything to me that day because I am just an introverted person. And so I think when it comes to community, I don't think the extroverts should always go to the introverts. I think... It's it's kind of like you meet in the middle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But even even mm-hmm. in middle school, it is kind of hard to find like a good set of people who you know. Like, of course, you're not gonna find like your ride or die right now. I mean, it's possible. It is possible, but it is 
a little bit difficult to figure out like who's being true and who's like putting on a show because people are still trying to figure out who they are. And with the age of social media, it's like we want to be we want to be liked. So before we even get to figure out a self of us, before we even get to figure out a self sense of identity, we're forming ourselves to be who social media says to be. We're forming ourselves to be what society says to be. And we're forming ourselves to be what our peers like. So we don't actually get to find a sense of self. And I know previously I struggled with that before I decided to like uh, just detox from social media. I don't even find myself wanting it anymore so much so because I'm able to take it deep down. And and I'm not perfect, right? And I still haven't 100% figured my self-identity out yet. But it's it's important to kind of make sure you know who you are and have Mm -hmm. a solid foundation in that before going to seek out other people not saying you can't have friends while you're on the journey of self-validation or self-seeking but you should definitely at least have a foundation mm-hmm. uh, and I like a good foundation always is just go back to what the word of God tells you that that is your firmest foundation right there um, personally for me uh, I know he tells me I'm beautiful I'm victorious I'm enough I'm strong I'm amazing I'm chosen, I'm capable, and I'm created. Um, So I know that those words, no matter what uh, people say to me or what the enemy has formed against me, I know that those words are hold strong and they'll still hold true, no matter what darts are shot at me. That is so insightful and so wise for someone your age. Because, you know, the reality of it is, is to have this idea is that we can look at other people's lives if we're not careful in social media and the filters and the things that people show that they're perfect lives and start comparing ourselves. And then when we do that, if you don't have an idea, your, you know, this idea of who you are, then you can stay in that mode of comparison or not feeling like you're enough. And the fact that at 14, that you're able to say, you know what, I need to take a break from social media and I need to go back to the foundation of knowing who I am. And that foundation is always the word of God. And that's so insightful for someone your age. So thank you for sharing that. And with that in mind, tell me, how has it been as a young woman, you know, knowing your foundation and living out your faith at, you know, in middle school? Is it been difficult in a world where there's so many choices that you can make as a young woman? Um, yes, there's been opportunities placed in my path where I could have done what was against the word of God. And there has been times where I, of course, made mistakes. But like I said, I just go back to what he tells me. And it it has been difficult because, like I said, society wants you to uh, do certain things. And I've had friends who succumb to peer pressure or even me. I have been, of course, it wasn't anything major, right? Because I, I, there's peer pressure, but I also know my limits. So Uh, I have been a victim to peer pressure, whether it's like buying a dress that I didn't like all the way, but like they said I should buy it. So like, "Ah, ah, I'll like it eventually, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But having a firm foundation, yes, has, there's been some struggles (laughs) in trying to figure out. You know know what what I love about, you know, when and I use that word, um, is that each of the young ladies that I spoke to before and even yourself is the honesty. You know, I think that's really important is that so often in the world in which we live, we have that, we try to hide, we try to make life like perfect and that we don't make mistakes. But the fact that you could be honest and vulnerable, I think it takes a, a tremendous amount of courage 
Uh, I talk to some women once a week. And one of the things that I often say to them is when they share those things that are personal to them is that, you know, the fact that you are honest and vulnerable in front of people and you can share is courageous. And so thank you for saying like, you know, I have my faith, but it doesn't mean that I don't have moments when I've struggled. But even when I've struggled, I go back to what I know is true, which is the foundation, which is the word of God. So thank you for being honest enough to say that. I really appreciate it. And so because we're doing this in, in celebration of Women's History Month and that we wanted to talk about celebrating just women all over. And I believe that women, every every day women are making history and they may never have their names and lights and they may never be well known in the communities and their families are making history. And I believe that most of us have someone in our life who's made a difference. If there is a woman, there is a person so if I were to ask you, who is the woman or who are the women who've been most impactful in your life and tell me how, who would the, who or who would that woman be or who would those women be? That is, that is, that is, I would say a difficult question because I've surrounded, well, not even just me. My parents have helped surround me with so many amazing women. Uh, you, of course, being one of them. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> honored that I get the chance to, you know, be around you and get the chance to share your wisdom or give and hear your advice. Um, but um, I, if, if not, just if I had to boil it down to one singular person, mm-hmm. I would definitely say my mom. My okay. mom has exposed me to so many great people and pulled me out of uh, some struggle, some struggling areas and She's always, you know, no matter how many times I don't do my chores or how many times I forget to vacuum, she's always right there beside me. She has my best interest in mind. And honestly, the other amazing women that I've met are thanks to my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are so many people out there who don't have the same experience I have. There are so many people out there who don't even get a chance to meet their mom or they don't get a chance to have a strong bond with their mom. And I'm grateful that no matter how many times uh, she's like in the back of my mind, like, do your chores, do your homework, <laughs> make sure you're alive, make sure you do, do that. <laughs> at least, and I like to think of it as at least she's there to tell me. Cause right. You don't have moms to tell them. And there are some people who have moms and don't care. That's true. Very true. Very true. And so you're right. I, I know your mom. She's a friend of mine. And I agree with you that, um, that she is a woman that, you know, if you were going to choose a woman to admire, but also the fact that she has surrounded you with other women who you can also look up to and admire as well is that she tells you of the wisdom of her to surround herself with those kind of women as well. And thank you for including me in that. I wasn't expecting that. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up our conversation today is I know that You know, when COVID-19 came and then children had to be quarantined and couldn't go to school and that that was really difficult for a lot of young people, not just young people, just difficult for people in general. But when you couldn't go to school and be with your friends and, you know, a lot of young people now who are dealing with some mental health issues and because of the isolation and, and those types of things. Now that you're back in school, have you found that your friends, you know, while you were out of school seem to be struggling a lot with, you know, isolation and how they were feeling and you see that there's a difference now? 
So actually due to quarantine, a lot of the people you considered your friend, you've noticed like we only talk in school. So a Mm -hmm. lot of the friends I thought I had kind of dwindled down and it was like, okay, so these are the people who are actually like my friend. These are the people who actually care. And um, I do find some of those old friends or friends to to be isolated. But of course, then they find new people. Um, And it's not like, okay, you don't want to talk to me anymore. That's fine. I won't check up on you. I won't make sure you're okay. There are still friends that I didn't get an opportunity to still be in contact with that I still talk to. Or there are friends where we've ended off on a bad no and I've like still been like, yo, I want you to know I still love you. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I still still care for your well-being. And even myself, sometimes I know I've self-isolated myself just because sometimes it's just too much and we're still getting our normal used to be home 24 seven to have limited access to food and limited access to, well, not everyone, of course, sadly, but at me personally, I used to have access to whatever I really needed at my fingertips. And I know personally, it's been really hard because I, I used to get snacks in the middle of school. And now when lunch is set at a dead time, it's like, yeah, but I want to eat now. <laughs> so it's been difficult making the adjustment going back into school because of everything that you had access to while you were at home. Wow, I never thought of it that way. Okay. So you're still making that adjustment. like So it's like because it's more structured now, whereas you can do your schoolwork when you're at home, but you also had the freedom to kind of get up and move around and, like you said, get your snacks and have a conversation. Yeah, I could, I could ride a bike in the middle of class and nobody would know. But you must have done well. You you finished your classes and you're still in scholar classes, so you must have done well. And you know what they found out, though, this is pretty interesting, is that they found out that just because people were sitting at a desk all day didn't mean they were more productive. And in fact, they have discovered that people who are allowed to work from home while we were in the, you know in quarantine and lockdown is that a lot of times businesses found that their employees were more productive. So giving people the opportunity to step away, do something that they normally would not do, didn't mean that they were, you know, goofing off. It just means that it gave them time to do something different, a break from the monotony, and they were still just as productive. So, you know, it's fine. You're you're on to the next grade now anyway, right? Oh, here goes. I'm so nervous. We just started fourth quarter, and the realization, my ELA teacher said it today. She was like, yo, don't start fourth quarter on a bad note. In nine weeks, you're going to be a ninth grader. And I was like, I'm about to be finished with school. And it's really made me kind of come to terms with the fact that I have an idea of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But what if I decide I don't want to do cheer anymore, which I hope never happens. I love the sport. Um, but like I get older and I'm like, dude, this isn't sustainable. Like, and of course, it's not all about the money, but I do want to be well off enough to take care of me, my siblings and my mom. Uh, not just my mom. Sorry. I, my mom wants a yacht. <laughs> which is why mom. But, uh, you know, the people around me, because I do like to give back, but I can't give back if I'm not doing something that's sustainable. And you may be able to give back, you know, like give back in other ways until you get to the place that you have the finances to give back because there's more than one way to give back. And, you know, you're 14, you have plenty of time to figure it out. And even though it's, you know, like you said, it's scary knowing that in just, you know, several months from now, you'll be going into high school. But that would be a new adventure, just like going into middle school was a new adventure. And because you're more mature and more grounded, I think that you're going to the you know, into your high school years and you do extremely well just from knowing you as a young woman, being around you, talking with you, 
that you have your head on straight, that you are pretty determined. And I think I said to a text to you the other day, like you're very determined and very focused. And so I, I know that you'll do extremely well. And with, you know, with the community that you have that is supporting you and praying for you, that I have no doubt that you're going to excel in whatever you do. And I want to tell you, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and be a part of the series, um, inspiring other young women to know that they can make history and that they are making history and that the voices matter and that your age does not diminish the value of what you have to say and that older women like myself, we can learn from you. The wisdom that you have to impart to us as we're listening to you and knowing that, you know what, whether we're older or younger, that we're all, you know, pretty much just alike and we have similar struggles and that um, we can do this together. So thank you for being a history maker. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you again for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I must say that as we talked that I became the student and she became my teacher. If you haven't done so already, will you please subscribe to the podcast, which can be found on Anchor, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at sisters underscore doing life together. I hope your day is as amazing as you are. And remember that if you belong to a sisterhood, you never have to do life by yourself.